0: The following podcast is presented by Hormone Logics. Discover your ageless health.
1: And now, part two of our conversation with Corinne Henich. Welcome back.
0: We Welcome have back,
1: Corinne Here, and she's telling us about her road to pro. Um, I have a question for you. So, when did you start coaching? Because Corinne is my coach with Fit Body Fusion, and I'm I'm curious when in this journey did you start. Going okay. Um, now I need to help others.
2: Um, it was in, I think it was in 2018. Um, I started coaching, and I was still working full time at the time. Is that when COVID hit? <laughs> Please remind me. I'm sorry, it's been a long couple of years. We all From blacked out when
0: COVID happened. I don't know. <laughs> Felt like 19 years. It,
2: it was right before COVID hit. Okay. Um, like shortly before. It was like the, the fall before COVID hit. Um, and I, I was still working full-time. I was an office manager for a big tech company. And um, and so it was kind of ironic that then COVID hit. And I, I actually had like more time to really focus on coaching because I was working from home. Well, I was working from home part of the time. And then I had a full like office to myself where I could kind of do both. And um, I was able to build up my clientele enough that I could put my full-time job. So it, it was really nice that I could do that and then focus more on coaching and um, travel more with, you know, clients and all the national shows and kind of really build up that side of it. And then, um, yeah, it was, it was a really, it was really good for me. I, I've never, I always told myself I didn't want to coach. Um, I've been asked a lot in the past to like coach people. And it was like, not even something I wanted to dive into, but the more I've been into this sport and the more people I've met, um, I love this industry so much. Um, it's, I mean, it's my passion. It's my life. And I just, I love, love, love it. So hey, Karen, even like...
0: The, the term coach, can we just back up for a second? You know what that means. And I think Amy knows what that means. But I would guess that there's going to be tons of people that watch this podcast that really don't know what a coach does.
2: Well, we're like a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> It's all encompassing. It does all things. Um, no, so we we obviously help with lifestyle transformation clients. Um, so whether people just want to have like that transformation where they're, you know, maybe they've just had a child or, you know, they've just gained weight and they just want to lose weight and kind of transform their bodies. We do that side. We also help with um, athletes that want to compete um, mm-hmm. get on stage. So whether, you know, they're doing bikini wellness figure, whatever it is, um, to actually get that you know, optimal physique to get on stage with and then picking their shows, um, suit, all the things that go into the competition. So what would you say to um, the
0: women who maybe think they don't need a coach? Because I've heard that there's women, there are w- these women that <laughs> think they face. can just do all of She's this. Like, oh, okay. Well, I think it's kind of crazy <laughs> because I hear about professional male athletes, right? Like maybe it's Kobe Bryant or maybe it's LeBron James or whomever it is. They all have coaches. Yeah, None of them think they're going to be in the NBA without a coach. So where is this? How do you talk to people about that?
2: Well, coaches have coaches. I mean, I need a coach. I I could never look at myself and tell my look and say, oh, yeah, you're ready for the stage. I mean, I have I did coach myself for a while years ago. But the competition is so much more fierce now than it has ever been. (sighs) People are coming in. I go to shows and I'm like, my mind is blown sometimes. Like these athletes are insane. The conditioning, the level of um, athletes that we have now is just ridiculous. So to, to think that you can coach yourself and prep yourself and look at yourself, you know, like you just, it's impossible. I mean, we're so hard on ourselves. We're so like, we nitpick ourselves, but you need that third eye. You need someone to look at you and say, you know, like you wouldn't even notice things that. I that I would notice about you or you know like I don't know that your coach might nitpick and say like even with posing just making little tweaks to like your foot placement or you know like how your knees are turned or just tiny little things that you can't even you can't see about yourself um so having a coach I think is is very very important um with anybody even coaches
0: how does somebody find a coach is there like a website for coaches or is there like, what's your website if they wanted you to be the coach? Maybe tell us a little bit about how somebody could make you their coach.
2: Yeah, I mean, FitBodyFusion.com. You can go there and um, you can fill out that online application and choose your coach that way. Or put in a request form and, um, you know, they can pick a coach for you that maybe you would, they feel like would be a good fit for you. Um,
0: do they have yeah, to be ready? Do they, like, do they have to be like already in shape? Or could it be like any stage? three weeks after the baby's born like what is there is there a timing on this thing or is it really just whenever
2: i think that um you can start at any time like um we've dealt with people who have just had babies and they just kind of want to get started and start that transformation first obviously you're not going to get on stage and you know a couple months right after you've had a baby i mean most people some people probably could but most people cannot so it's usually just having that assessment with a coach just having them look at you and say okay you know let's start here Doing like a um, transformation first and then if they feel like you're ready to get on stage at some point, we'll kind of help, we will help you decide when you're ready. Um, as a coach, that's what our job is, is to say, you know, let's start with a, a lifestyle plan first and then work on getting the stage ready.
1: I just wanted to mention that there are male coaches as well and male competitors yeah. and Fit Body Fusion does both.
0: You've reminded me <laughs> yeah. so many times, babe. I appreciate it. You don't, That's want, don't
2: want to put on the cute little I speedo thing. I don't think the speedo route's for me. <laughs> no. no. Okay. We have amazing coaches. We have several awesome coaches for men. We have male coaches. We've got um, every category. Um, we have professionals that work with all categories and we've got some pretty incredible coaches. So,
0: well, Corinne, I wanted to find out a little bit more about you outside of bodybuilding because I think that um, sometimes um, we kind of forget that athletes are also real people, like have real <laughs> lives. So um, I've got a burning question for you: Is uh-huh. there anything you're watching on Netflix right now, and why? Um, like, what's your go? Okay, like, what's so- your binge-worthy show?
2: Um, what did I just recently binge? I. I'm kind of a weirdo. I, when I do cardio, I watch like reality TV. So okay. like the, the dumb, like stuff I don't have to think about. I can just like burn through like housewives, you know, like, yeah.
0: <laughs> so right now, I'm watching Amy's it, watching that too. Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's my, I'm, I'm doing the, the, the most recent, um, here or what is it? Married at first Side is what I'm watching right now. Okay. because mm. I
0: watched that one. There
2: is, fascinating to me <laughs> uh i don't know how people can do that but i think it's fascinating so just anything like that that i can just not even think about and just watch while i'm doing my cardio um i watched um what is it catfish i started at season okay. one and i'm just went through those because it's hilarious um my husband and i we watch what are we watching like oh we we love king of queens like that's something that we can just watch every season we feel like that's us in a nutshell, like that's our life. Um, but yeah, we, I don't know. We just watch like goofy stuff. That's great.
0: So, um, you mentioned that you were an office manager of a tech company. Um, but you, you got enough clients to kind of shift into this full-time coaching. Is that accurate Mm -hmm. full-time? Okay. And so what kind of led up to, um, that jump? I know you said it was the clientele, but did you, when did you like figure out, I, this is a goal of mine. Like I am going to try and get enough clients and I do want to kind of do this as a profession. When did that kind of happen?
2: Um, you know, it was, it was kind of just, it just happened. It was weird. It it was, um, I don't know. (laughs) I think I kind of thought about, I was approached with it and it, and it was like, something I just thought well let's just see how it goes because it is kind of scary when you have a full-time job you have health insurance you have you know a 401k you've got all of these things and you have that security blanket um to then try something like this that you you don't have any of that (laughs) it's not like a for sure Um, it could all fall apart and you may not have anything um to just do and you may not make good money I don't know and it's not always about the money for me I I really do love my clients like I I love them I I care about their lives I care about them as individuals Um, and that's kind of what started it is I I genuinely love my clients and so in the beginning it was like well let's see how it goes and I'll just take on a few and see how how I do and how I like it and I fell in love with my clients and from that it was like well I actually really love this Mm. Um, let's see what happens. And it just kind of grew and it snowballed. And when it got so big for me and I, I just grew, my husband was like, just make that leap. Just do it because it's not slowing down. (laughs) You may as well just go with it and let's just see what happens. And it it's been awesome. I just, I really genuinely love what I do. Um, every part of it. I love traveling. I love going to shows. I love being there. I love being involved. I love everything so yeah it was scary but it just it just worked
1: I'm sure the relationships between you and the other coaches is pretty amazing too to have that kind of community and obviously you know you've said to me like Jamie's an amazing leader and you love learning from her so do you want to talk a little bit about about that like you know obviously Fit Body Fusion is a for those who aren't familiar Hey,
0: Amy, we have a great sponsor on board, Hormone Logics.
1: Yeah, they're actually my hormone doctors, so I think they're pretty awesome. They do hormone replacement therapies to revive energy and strength so that you can continue to feel younger longer. They do bioidentical hormones, menopause therapy, andropause therapy.
0: They help men with things like ED, low T, sleep regulation.
1: They help you to have a more satisfying sex life, improved mood, improved cognition, Healthier skin, bones, and hair.
0: How does somebody get in touch with Hormone Logics?
1: You can visit their website at www.hormonelogics.com. Stop missing out on living your best life and be the best version of yourself. It's a very large team, right? And so I'm sure, like going into it, you're probably, you probably had some apprehension, but. Just talk about maybe for a minute, like the community of that team and what you've experienced.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, it it is a huge team and you do kind of feel at first, a little bit overwhelmed because it is such a big team. And am I going to get lost in this? Am I, you know, how is it going to be? But Jamie's incredibly warm. She's, she's just such a wonderful human being and she has such a great foundation for us coaches to grow and learn. Um, And I've really bonded with them and, Uh, it's just so incredible we have um a great platform to like to teach and to develop whatever we need to whatever we want whatever ideas we have we can go to her and she's like yes let's do it let's make it happen um she's so supportive and it's been honestly like a dream come true for me because there's so many ideas that we come up with and it's like this is crazy but let's just do it let's just we want to do all these cool things especially for like the master athletes and the master clients um, and what that means is basically like 35 and over. So um, in our world, that means you're, you're a master, <laughs> uh, you're older. Um, and so we just have all these great ideas for things that we can do to bring everyone together and have that camaraderie and support um, so that you don't feel lost in the mix of like the young ones. And, you know, um, we just want to have just such, a, I don't know, so many, I don't know, ways to communicate and come together and meet up and just, we have some really, really fun things, planned. and she is all for it. Just, yes, let's do it. And I've never had that before. So it's been really, really fun. I'm so excited. So yeah, it's been, I don't know. She's, I can't say enough good things about her. She's great.
1: I feel like obviously, but the journey is just so much different. I would imagine than if you were a 20 year old competitor versus a mom who has kids and, you know, just for you to, be creating that community for people is pretty and amazing. And she had a big girl
0: job too. Yeah. I mean, you kind of downplayed it a little bit, but I would imagine office manager to tech company is like kind of a big deal. So balancing that profession, you know, and a family. And I tip my hat to you. That's a lot of work.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a lot of work, but you know, we, we make it happen, right? We're bosses. are bosses. We do.
0: So Corinne, I wanted to ask you um, a question about, Um, like the, the women that are kind of getting started, they see where you're at, they see your pictures, they see, you know, you on stage, you're a pro, you're kind of inspirational just having that pro title. Right. But so many women maybe don't make it for one reason or another. Um, what's that word of encouragement that you would give them or what's the word of advice that maybe you'd give them to maybe temper their expectations and encourage them to, to really chase after it like you did.
2: Um, so I think a lot of people, they have like really high expectations right from the gate. And it's, which is great. It's good to be confident and like have that, you know, that excitement. But it's a really tough industry. and It's really, really hard. But that doesn't mean you can't make it. I just think you have to set realistic expectations for yourself. Um, you have to be willing to put in the work. Cause it's going to be hard. It's an expensive hobby. So you have to you know, you have to understand that, too. Like, it's not going to be cheap by any means. Like, I, I don't even want to know how much money I've spent over the last <laughs> 15 years on this
0: course You have to go back to that spreadsheet you mentioned.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a lot of those. <laughs> it's, it's an expensive hobby. Um, but also, like, you have to learn to be a good loser to be a good winner. And that's mm. something I tell all of my clients. Um, if you can't lose and keep your head up high and be proud of what you've done, and be excited for the winner, you will never, ever, ever make a good winner because you're going to lose a hell of a lot more than you're going to win. And, and especially when you get to the pro level, like I have lost so much more than I've won, Hmm. Uh, but I'm still proud of everything I've done. And I'm still proud of every look I brought to the stage. Most of them, sometimes I shouldn't have gone on stage, but I'm still proud of it. And you have to be that way, or you will not make it in the sport. You just won't.
0: You mentioned the finances just really quickly and we don't have to dive into the exact specifics, but that's something that I'm really interested in just from kind of a numbers perspective. Um, I'm a business consultant by profession. And so um, when Amy told me that she was going to be starting this journey, I immediately knew it was not going to be cheap. Um, I've heard all of the stories about, you know, the supplements and the gym memberships and the massages and the travel and the photo shoots and the bikinis and the the list goes it never stops right there's always more to to buy and do but how did you balance the financial kind of expectations and then um you know kind of the 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 reality of it is it's not going to return an roi so kind of maybe um understand like how did you understand in your brain or reconcile that like yes i'm going to be investing money this isn't necessarily even about the money and it's just because of what i want to do like how did that go in your brain
2: Um, oh gosh, that's a hard question. I, I don't know. I feel like, I don't even know how I made it. Honestly, I don't know how I did it. Um, in the past, um, because we really didn't have a lot of money and I don't know how I was able to compete the way I did. I don't know. I know I worked full time and my, I, I don't know. I feel like it's just, it just was, I was able to make it work somehow. And whether that's, I worked overtime and I just, I was able to save up the money to do it. Um, obviously, like having a suit sponsor is awesome because that does help. Um, so a if what you can get a sponsorship, suit. A, a competition suit,
1: uh, your bikini,
2: yeah, Got for it. your bikinis, that's helpful. Um, if you can get sponsorships for supplements, that's helpful. Um, obviously not everyone's going to have that. So yes, it is expensive. Um the shows, the entry fees, the registration fees, the NPC card—all of this costs money, and it doesn't go away. So you have to just figure out: okay, if you're going to do one show a year, two shows a year, how many classes are you going to enter? You have to you have to balance that out. Um, if you're going to do a photo shoot, you've got to figure this out ahead of time, and you know, I guess just save and balance because it is expensive, but it's worth it. And no, this is not a money-making sport. As a pro, you're not gonna make money doing this. So people have it in their mind, oh, I'm gonna go to the pro level and I'm gonna make this a career and I'm gonna make money, you're not. <laughs> Cause even if you win a pro show, you might make enough winning to cover the expenses that it took to get you there. Mm. But that's it. And I would so say probably a-
1: even the most famous pros are not really making a lot of money.
2: No. No. It's just that's not what it's about. It's more it's it is literally just going to be a hobby. And it's fun and so if you don't love it enough to continue it um and and if you don't love it enough to be okay with the amount of money that you're spending um it's probably not for you so i guess i just love it enough to be
0: okay well i can totally relate corinne i mean i'm not a pro i'm not uh i'm not getting on stage in a bikini anytime soon (laughs) but i've invested a lot of time and energy and money in playing basketball and um i haven't ever made a single dollar playing basketball i didn't play in college. But I love it. I play a couple times a week. It's a few hours at the gym. Yeah. It's a good sweat. Um, I've justified it in my brain. I'm buying these hundred dollars shoes. They better be good. Um, and yeah, it's a hobby. And I I sometimes have to remind myself of that <laughs> that it's a hobby because I take it pretty seriously sometimes.
2: I think we all have those things that you know we just love enough that we're willing to spend the money on, and this can be excessive to some people. But um, I think it's a it's not a you know it's not the bar it's not drugs it's not anything that's harming us it's um you know and for some of us it's something that got us through some really hard stuff in our lives and you know for others I don't know it's it depends on what it's doing for you personally but for myself like it's it's something that got me through a lot of crap so it's really personal for me and I love it
1: I felt that way after I went to my first show, I did the Nashville fit show and we met so many people and, you know, I'm a, I'm a lover of stories and people's, and I want to know like, why'd you get into this? And everyone that we met had some sort of story, some sort of redemption story about why they're doing what they're doing. Right.
2: Yeah. I think you find that in this industry, like everyone has a reason they have a story and that's what I've loved so much about um, just meeting people is you know, their why and like why they do this. Cause it's all, I've met some incredible people with really cool stories. So
0: one of the things I've uh, gotten a chance to kind of love about this journey with, with Amy is um, the rest days, right? Cause <laughs> at first she didn't really like taking rest days. She was like, this sucks. I need to be at the gym. So like, I think one time you actually went to the gym and you just sat in the parking lot just cause you, I just like no, that, okay, that's a made-up story. Yeah, that's, that's a made-up made story. Up story yeah. But seriously, on your rest days, what do you find yourself doing? Are you, um, do you like to play Scrabble? Are You playing board games with the kids? Are you taking a walk with the dog? What's the rest day look like for you?
2: Um, I think my rest days are more like active rest days. <laughs> it's really hard for me to. We'll go like if it's nice outside, we'll go walk around the lake or, you know, go for a walk outside. Enjoy um, some nature. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it's hard for me to just. That's it, Stella. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Really hard. Yeah.
0: Well, um, I would like to ask you a question that's more geared towards like your younger self. We started this interview and this podcast with you talking about your eating disorder, and I really appreciate that honesty. Um, it sounds like you maybe have, have just accepted that that's who you used to be, and now you've kind of grown out of that. So, what are maybe two things that you like a piece of advice? that you would literally give your younger self being where you're at now, you're, you're, a, um, you've accomplished so many great things. You're a pro, you're a coach, you're inspirational for so many other people, but what would maybe that piece of advice be to that younger version of yourself?
2: Um, I mean, I think we all wish we could kind of tell our younger versions of ourselves something, you know, different, like, like almost parent them a little bit. But um, I guess I would just, I wish I could just, you know, tell my younger version of me, just not to let anyone else tell you your value or your worth. Mm. Um, And that you actually will amount to something. So just hang in there. It's going to be okay. Because I think, you know, I grew up feeling like I was worthless. And, Mm. you know, so just knowing that I'm not is pretty nice. (laughs) But I proved everyone wrong. So it's kind of, and I kind of broke a lot of um, cycles, I think, that my family had set. So that's kind of cool.
1: I feel like even pursuing bodybuilding, there's a lot of people along the way that will say things like, I'm not sure about women having muscles, or why would you want to do that to your body, or why would you get on stage in that bikini? And so you have to just along the way just kind of continuously um, – do it for you and ignore all that, all that negative voices. Did you experience any of that as you started?
2: Oh yeah. I mean, I've had several experiences where <laughs> I've heard, um, like I, I heard a lady, I was walking down the street um, and I heard her tell her son, don't look at that woman. She's disgusting. Oh man. And she was overweight and her son was little and I, I turned on her to her and I said, excuse me did you really just say that? And she like stormed off, but just things like that. Like I, and then I heard, uh,
0: does that because she that, thought that your body type was maybe unachievable or
2: I don't know. I think it if, was just, I, I was in like, I had just come from the gym and I was in a tank top and pant, well, like leggings.
0: I wouldn't, I mean, I don't know if I use the word disgusting <laughs> at any point. So
2: I don't know. I think some people are just, um, I don't know. I've heard it. I've heard things like that, just murmurs. And um, I used to be really embarrassed to wear tank tops in public because of it. And I think I was, I was embarrassed, you know, about my muscles. And now I don't care. Like I really don't care if people want to look at me, and say something. I don't care. Um, but I had this guy and uh, my friend. We were in the elevator. So I used to work on the 16th floor. So we were in the elevator on the way up to our back to our office. And this guy looked at me. And he said. Um, do you work out or did you used to be a man? And and I was like, (laughs) I actually was so shocked. I just laughed and I was like, what? And, and then he, I don't know. I said, I don't remember what I said. I think I said, I I worked out and I, I was so shocked and he got off. And then my, my coworker leaned, she said, you should have leaned in real close to him and just whispered. I still am or something like that. Like, boy, yeah, I feel like there I, could have been a lot of
0: really interesting responses. Holy cow. Yeah,
2: like, I, I should have, but you know, people just, they just say what they think. And, and it's so rude. Like I don't, I would never walk up to somebody and comment on their body, you know, whether, you know, whatever, I wouldn't say, Oh, you're overweight or, you know, you're way too skinny. You need to eat something. But like people feel so okay. Just commenting on like our bodies. You know, I've been told like, oh, because of you, my husband's obsessed with porn because people like you. And it's like, oh, man, what people are just a lot of so projecting cool.
0: there. Yeah.
2: yeah. And it's just for me, like, I'm comfortable with my body. I'm comfortable with who I am. I know what I do is not inappropriate. I'm happy with it. And that's all that matters. So I really don't care anymore. But it used to really, really get to me. So.
1: You look like you have a question.
0: Um, no, I'm just trying to think about what I would say to somebody in an elevator like that.
2: (laughs) I mean, I, I I, I could go back to that day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So just to give you some perspective, Corinne, I'm six, six, um, I weigh 240 pounds and almost everybody that I meet thinks that I played D one football or D one basketball or both. And I didn't do either. I'm actually kind of a nerd, um, in hiding. (laughs) And so anyway, people just assume that I like have these stories about championship football games or dunking on people in basketball. I don't know. It's just like an assumption that people make about your body type. Um, when Amy Mm -hmm. started working out, um, I kind of tried to explain to her the gym dynamic and she's like, what does that mean? I'm like, well, I don't know. As a male, when I go to the gym, for whatever reason, people like think that they can say things to you that maybe they wouldn't say otherwise. And so one example is, you know, how much do you weigh? I get asked that all the time at the gym, like at the office. Nobody asks that question, but at the gym yeah. it's just like a it's like a hey hey dude like how much do you weigh and amy talks about how much she weighs in a very confident way you know she looks at the scale she's in bodybuilding it makes sense um mm-hmm. but there's some there's some taboo nature to that almost if you're not in that profession and i think people don't really know how to relate um especially when they see you in such good shape they're almost like jealous so they don't even know what to say say something stupid yeah. about being a man surprised you didn't smack like that. that day <laughs>
1: it's definitely a shift though. I think like, you know, as women, unfortunately we're socialized to eat a bunch of salad and do a bunch of cardio, you know, and um, I'm currently, or I was in, in build season, you know, my first build season. And I'm like, yeah, I like put on, I put on my weight, you know, and I'm like excited about it and everyone else is like, like what? You know? And so it's it's just like I, I think that the world is just it's it's such a shift from quote unquote like normal like perceptions of women and, and what they should and shouldn't be doing with their body. And um to me it's been very empowering. You know, the show that I did was all women and um I was nervous being in a room of all women, but I, I just felt like most people were very supportive and most people were excited to be there and um you know that just made me want to keep doing it so
0: Corinne we only have a we only have a couple minutes left um but I wanted to give you a chance to maybe share um mean, you've already accomplished so much right getting your pro card um having just an awesome story about your um your overcoming of this eating disorder but are there any specific goals that you'd like to share you don't have to if you don't want to but is there like anything that you're working towards um that you're really excited about
2: um, so I think right now my focus is really just trying to improve my my own physique. Um, while obviously I'm focusing on my clients as well, but I really have to grow, and that's probably hard for me. Um, I'll admit that. Like I love I love my clients saying like their growing season's their favorite because it's not mine, <laughs> and I'll admit that. Um, I've been like pretty lean for the last seven or eight years, pretty strictly lean. Um, so I've never had a coach put me through a growing season, um, Mm. an off season, I guess. And so, um, and that's been, I don't know, I don't know why, but it's just never been like a topic for me. Like we're going to go into an off season. We're going to grow. I've been competing, you know, I want to say the smallest amount of shows I've done a year, um, is only when I've been coaching. And it's been like before that, the least amount of shows I've done is six per year. Wow. Um, obviously the Olymp- Olympia year was 12 or 13 that year, but, um, so doing an off season is pretty scary for me. Um, but I'm trying to like embrace it and I have to grow and I know that. So that's probably the one challenge for me. And I'm kind of trying to be excited about it. <laughs> um, cause I really want to like, I want to do awesome. I want to have like a really great year and I want to, um, get back in that top five. So that's my goal. But um, also just having like a really great season with my my clients and getting some pros. That's another big goal for me. So Awesome. I think we're at time. Is
0: that how we're going to end it? We're just going to say at time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, we All really... Right, we'll have to edit that part out. Yeah. Could you like a, do like a, a small <laughs>
0: edit there at the end? <laughs>
1: Um, no, thank you so much for joining us today. I mean, I love again, I I'm a therapist. That's my pr- profession. So hearing people's stories and why they're doing what they're doing and how they got from point A to point B is my jam. And I really appreciate you being on here and yeah. being so honest with us. Um, I love that.
0: So. Yeah, thanks for being such a great guest and being so vulnerable. I appreciate it.
2: Ah, thanks for having me. It's been fun.
1: This is Amy Wilhelmy. I'm the owner of Balance Wellness Collective. It's a holistic and integrative mental health practice located in St. Charles, Illinois, and telehealth. All of Illinois, we see individuals, adults, families, children, and adolescents. We are primarily family-focused and also do divorce mediation. It is a mind, body, and spirit approach to care. You can find us at www.balancewellnesscollective.com That was amazing. We met with Corinne Henich and She's pretty awesome. She's, she's so cool. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously very fond because she's my coach. Yeah. And, you know, she checks in with the bod all the time, but, you know. Pretty intimate with it's her. It's a room. little intimate, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> One of my favorite things that she said was that uh, that she's got this community that she's built. Yeah. I think that's so important because if you're trying to do this journey of bodybuilding and really anything in life. By yourself, it's tough.
1: Yeah, so we actually had a call with the community last night. We um, we meet once a month, and the call is usually uh, themed. So our theme yesterday was we were talking about macros. And the coach, I mean, she was on the call, and then there were two other coaches from Fit Body Fusion as well on the call. Um, but just to see that community of master's-level athletes, there were probably – 20 to 25 of us you know even just saying they're like little boxes I was like oh like that woman kind of looks ar- around my age and so does that one and um I think we might have an in-person meetup too which is cool so,
0: whoa post-covid yeah. in-person meetups in-person meetups
1: yeah so the community that she's building I think is really amazing so for sure I thought it
0: was interesting that she's watching some of the same stuff that we are on Netflix <laughs>
1: Okay. What? yeah, I definitely watch a lot of crappy reality TV when I need to turn my brain off for sure. Um, But I mean, what I like about her story and what what's relatable to me is also, you know, she's a mom. She has a blended family of five. Sounds kind of familiar, huh? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't know where I've heard that story before. Yeah, I did. uh, I definitely need to go buy some post-it notes. That's what I, I wrote that that down. Buy it, post-it oh, notes. just
1: so stick on your treadmill, my treadmill. We don't <laughs> yeah. have. You said we're going to buy a treadmill, though. Oh,
0: I think you said we're buying a treadmill. There's a lot of cardio coming up. Oh, boy. But no, I think that's a good uh, reminder, you know, even though I do think that I encourage you often. Sometimes it's nice to have a little note somewhere, you know, like in your meal prep box or something.
1: Yeah. You're going to start prepping my food, too?
0: That I don't think I'm going to be doing that. Oh. Anytime <laughs> soon. You're, you're on your own on that one.
1: Yeah. I mean, what I love about the bodybuilding community in general, like I said, um, but about her specifically that she shared was, you know, there is just kind of this Ascension journey that she went on. She was very candid about her eating disorder. Um, I actually find that there's a lot of bodybuilders um, that are women that are starting to talk about their eating disorder or maybe their alcohol problem or maybe that they were very overweight or maybe that they went through something really difficult. Um,
0: Maybe they're all reading a lot of Brene Brown.
1: Maybe they're all <laughs> reading a lot of penne around. No, but I mean, I I love that she was so candid about that. I think that, um, you know, from a mental health perspective, um, that's my biggest goal with, with mental health in general is just to m- make it much more normal. Like, we have to normalize mental health. We have to say like people struggle with things and go through things and you can overcome them. And so the more people that talk about their own stuff, um, I think that that's only extremely helpful to everyone else. I think
0: she pushed through a ton of obstacles. She was an office manager at a tech company. I don't know how many office managers of tech companies are like, I'm going to be a bodybuilder, but she freaking did it. Um, I don't know how many people are like, uh, I've got a bunch of kids, you know, maybe I'll just, and I have this like side eating disorder that I don't, they don't really know about. I'm going to like flip it on its head and have like a positive eating, it, you know, like it's, you go from disorder, that's like a negative word. And yeah. then you go to like. I don't know what the opposite is. You're in is, control
1: but. of it, but it's in it's such a different way. You're like actually like feeding yourself the nutrients that you need because you can't build muscle like that, um, being yeah. deficient. You just can't. So
0: Yeah. I think that she's an uh, a inspirational woman. You know, she's um leading a family. She's obviously got a, a bunch of uh women that I think they're all women that she's coaching. Mm-hmm. Um I wrote down that she, the advice that she um, would give other people was uh, to set realistic expectations and that's so important in everything, right? We're learning that with our kids. You know, they want to do, Mason wants to play piano. He thinks he's going to be Beethoven by the time he's five. It's not going to happen. But just, you know, setting those realistic expectations. And then the other thing I wrote down is learn to be a good loser. Mm. That is really hard to do when you're maybe in your 30s. It's hard to do when you're in your, ten, your teens and in your 20s too, right. but it doesn't get easier with time. But yeah, you're, you're probably going to be clapping for a lot of other people at these shows yeah. for a long time before you're doing you know, pro stuff.
1: Right. I mean, she started in 2008, and I think like even these photos um, is tricky when you're first starting, right? Like let's say that you're just somebody who's interested in bodybuilding um and you don't like me last year i was like what is like i i want to do this and i knew that i wanted to do it for years but i didn't really know what that meant Mm -hmm. like you have no idea just looking at this like how long that actually takes to build and
0: seven years is what she said yeah that's crazy seven years is a long time
1: that's a that's a big commitment right and so again going on the realistic expectations track i think um, if if being a pro is your goal of stepping onto that Olympia stage someday, which is like the high high goal, right? If that's what you want to do, then you need to know that you're really like going on that long journey.
0: I wonder if um maybe for future guests we can get like a before and after pick mm-hmm. or if that would really piss everybody off. I don't
1: know. <laughs> no, I actually like it when people share those. It's pretty Well, awesome. I mean, it's
0: hard to like think of her as not being this way. Yeah. Because, I mean, this this is who she is now. She's, yeah. like, fit. Um, and she said,
1: like, at one point, 100 pounds, you know. She said she was
0: blonde, 100 pounds, and I would imagine not super tone. Like, if you're not working out, you're not going to be super tone. Right. Um, but tip my hat to her. It's a lot of work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So thankful she came on. I th- think she was an amazing guest. So. What was your
0: number one takeaway? Like when you're reading through your notes that you took and thinking about the things that she said, all the smart things, like what was your number one takeaway? I mean, and you talk to her every day, but like in this yeah. context.
1: <laughs> no, I think what I, what I appreciate her, about her most, again, is um, her... her thought about building up the master's community because, again, it's just a, a, a much different experience if you are a 20-year-old competitor versus, you know, you're my age. I'm 38, right? And um, I remember people specifically talking about, like, refeeds, which is, like, your cheat meal sometimes. If you're on prep, you're deep in prep. You eat the same thing. Maybe you're on a meal plan. You're eating cod and asparagus, and then you get this refeed meal, right? Like, a younger competitor might be like, okay, I'm going to go, like, get a burger and fries, right? But, like, for me, it was like, I just actually just want to eat dinner with my family, you know? <laughs> and so I, I just really, really appreciate um, her working with Jamie and then Jamie being open to uh, the master's community that they're building.
0: Do you think we'll have her on again?
1: I hope so. Yeah. Um, bugger.
0: Bugger. <laughs> Well, this is great. I mean, I think, um, you know, as we start to build the, um, database, you know, of interesting stories, um, we're going to have a lot of really interesting people, but we're also going to have a lot of really great takeaways. That's what I, um, I want to have with these podcasts is like, you know, what did you take away? So I'm going to get some post it notes. That's my takeaway. Have you ever been stuck in life? Have I got a book for you? Ascension Mentality, written by Amy Wilhelmi, public speaker, athlete, and licensed therapist. In her book, Amy takes us through a raw and vulnerable journey as she unravels from childhood trauma and navigates her career, marriage, and parenthood. She takes us on a deep dive into her life and how when emotions are left unprocessed, they seep into adulthood as she tries to navigate the task of growing up. You cannot change what you did, you cannot change what has happened to you, but you can change how you feel about it. You can let go of what is holding you back. When you process and unwind trauma, you don't lose what made you strong. You only lose what no longer serves you. To ultimately be a better human, friend, parent, partner, coworker, daughter or son, and leader. It's time to let go Ascension Mentality.
1: This has been an Ascension Mentality Podcast. Hit subscribe for all the latest episodes. For more information, visit AscensionMentality.com. Ascension Mentality, making mental gains.